welcome to Rainy Day Rabbit Holes, a uniquely Pacific Northwest podcast. I'm Shay. And I'm Jody. Let's fall down the rabbit hole. Today, we are talking about Bigfoot, or is it Sasquatch? <laughs> what is that that you're drinking, Shay? What am I drinking? I am drinking something from Seven Seas. Hold on. I'm pouring, so I can't see. And I'm not so uh, up to date that I know these things. All right, Seven Seas Brewing is in Tacoma and Gig Harbor. I am drinking the Nomadic IPA. And the can says, you'll like it. And I I do. I do. I really liked it too. And what are you drinking? I'm drinking the same thing. But Uh, you have another beer behind you. I haven't opened it yet. This will be Pike Place Brewing Company. And it is the Kilt Lifter. Ooh, they're Scotch Ale. It's solid, man. That's a solid. Yep. I like Pike. Oh, I do too. Naughty Nelly might be my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's good. And I like their... I haven't been to their location in Pike Market since they refurbished, redid it. I heard they moved. They just refurbished? They redid it. Oh, nice. Good. But did I didn't see how they could move. When I heard about it, I was like... No, it's an institution. Yeah. (laughs) You can't just pick up and move from that location. (laughs) That location will always be Pike Place Brewing. I know. And you have to have Pike Place Brewing because when you go to the market, you need to go and have a beer. I'm looking right now. Okay. So Seattle's iconic Pike Place Brewing Company brewed brewed its final batch of craft beer at their downtown location on First Avenue or next to Pike Place Market this week. And that was... What? Yeah. What was that? We're going to have to go explore the new place, Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought that was October 20th. Really? That it was, uh, this was printed. I was in Japan. Yeah, I heard they had moved and I didn't believe it. Where did they move to? New larger facility in Soto, the Soto neighborhood. Oh, okay. Well, I, that's less, I don't know if parking will be better, but less difficult to get to. Yeah, less of an, an event to yeah. get there, maybe. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, this is Rainy Day Rabbit Holes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shay. And I'm Jody. Yeah, sorry. We I guess we should introduce our podcast before we just start talking, but figured we'd start off with the good stuff, which is the beer. Anyhow. Well, hey, Jody. Haven't seen you in a while. So long. I missed you so much. I know. I don't think we've seen each other in a month. That's what I was thinking when I was yeah. calculating it last night. Yeah. So I went to Japan. I don't know if anybody knows that I was going to Japan, especially my friends and family. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's only like the only thing I could talk about for like the last six months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when I'm going to Japan, you know, I'm going to Japan. Oh, no, I can't go to that. I'll be in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing that week? I I am in Japan. I I can't go. I'll be in Japan. No, I'm sorry. I will have just gotten back from Japan. I'll be wiped. Yeah, sorry. No. Oh, no, I can't do that thing. I don't have enough money because I'm spending it all in Japan. (laughs) That's where I'll be. Japan. Japan. You need me. I'll be in Japan. Yeah, did you know I'll be in Japan? (laughs) Unavailable. Exactly. So yeah, I got back from Japan and I will tell you the listeners all about my trip on our next episode because I have actually found a way to tie my trip into the Pacific Northwest. Oh, awesome. (laughs) So about the Japanese community here in the Pacific Northwest, especially Seattle. And we have in mine and Jody's particular area, we actually have a very special, terrible connection to the Japanese because of a certain location, which I will reveal on the podcast. Yes. I think I, I kind of, this yeah. is a, we haven't talked about it yet. So I'm nope. only yep. guessing mm-hmm. what you're talking mm-hmm. about, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar with some yes. of that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you guys all about the trip on the next episode, but I was telling Jody I had a funny story for her that I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> do it. Do so it. second day of our trip to Japan, this was me and my big brother, Jason. I was super jet lagged. I slept only like two and a half hours the second night and already was sleep deprived. 
drive because, you know, you travel for like 20, 24 hours and then you get seven hours of sleep and then you get two and a half hours of sleep. So I was sleep deprived on our way to the train station to go to Adaiba to do the Team Lab Planets exhibition that I was telling you about earlier, the light exhibition, which I'll tell you guys all about later. We stopped at Mr. Donut, which is a donut chain in Japan that makes delicious donuts. So we were very excited, both of us. We'd had Mr. Donut on our previous trips. So we're like, let's go. Are they different type of donuts or are they kind of the same as you see here? There's something about the water in Japan that makes their pastries somehow better. You get chewier, fluffier pastries that also have more of a tooth feel to them, I would say. It's hard to describe, but even their plain white bread is this fluffy, godlike ambrosia. And and, and that's due to the water? I think it's due to the water. Yeah. That's what we were told anyway, is that... So so bakery goods there... Are so good. Even in the 7-Eleven, their donut... they have have a 7-Eleven? 7-Elevens are on every corner. And if you... If 7-Eleven's not fulfilling your convenience store needs, if you turn around, there's going to be a Family Mart on the other corner and a Lawson's on the other corner. And then maybe a daily or a mini stop. <laughs> no AMPMs though, no AMPMs. And honestly, we ate so much food from the convenience stores. The food at convenience stores in Japan is incredible. Their sandwiches are amazing. They use that fluffy white bread, great pastries. And then they have that hot case up front that has the steamed buns, the hanbao. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just divine. And then Family Mart has family, they call it Fami Chicky. <laughs> and it is a fried chicken cutlet that is the most tender, juicy, delicious chicken you'll ever have in your life. Oh. And it's about a dollar fifty. Oh wow! So we ended up like my mom. My mom at one point was like, "Send me pictures of everything you're mm-hmm. eating," and we just sent her pictures of us eating sandwiches in a Seven <laughs> Eleven. I was like, "So I'm glad you went all that way." It was so good, though. Oh my god, I miss Family Chicky so much. Yeah, too bad we can't get Family Chicky here. Oh my god. I know. I need to see if there's there's got to be a dupe recipe somewhere. But anyway, so Mr. Donut, and because it's the fall, they had their fall seasonal flavor. So I got a sweet potato brulee cruller. Oh Cru- is that how you say it? Cruller? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a curry filled donut as well, which was amazing. Did you say curry? Yeah. So it's like a, it's kind of, have you been to dim sum here? No, you haven't. Mm-mm. Okay, well, we need to go to dim sum like next Sunday. <laughs> we'll do our podcasting from dim sum. <laughs> exactly. So it's like like a not quite a sweet donut filled with Japanese curry, which is a sweeter. It's like a sweet, spicy curry. Interesting. That's really, oh my God, it was so like good. a sweet and savory all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So I got my bag of donuts and we walk into the station and I have my bag of donuts in my hand. And instead of handing it to my brother to go while I went <laughs> to the restroom, because I was, I had two brain cells rubbing together, right? I walk into the bathroom with with my bag of donuts and I was like oh god where do I put this there's a shelf behind the toilet I put it there I do my business I walk out to start washing my hands and as I'm washing my hands I realize I left my donuts in the bathroom well I dry my hands and I turn around to go back in there and a lady walks in the oh, stall no. and closes the door <sighs> so I'm now sitting she's there in the stall with her with my donuts. donuts now they're in a bag that's closed right and I'm like okay is it gross to go want to get my donuts after somebody else is in there taking a poop. And I'm like, but they're so delicious and I'm so <laughs> tired and it's the only th- bit of joy I have in my life today. And so I lean against the wall as I'm waiting for my donuts and I lean against an emergency button. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> alarms start going off, lights start flashing and I'm like desperately hitting the butter button over and over again, hoping that it'll turn it off. No, nothing happens. So I quickly like... 
I do a little quick step out of the bathroom, not quite running, and sit down on the bench next to my brother. And I'm like, act natural. He's like, what's going on? And I tell him what's happening. And these two station attendants start running for the bathroom because it's an emergency. (laughs) There's a fire. Someone's down. (laughs) And for a male to go into a women's bathroom is a big deal, too. That's Mm -hmm. in Japan. Like, no, 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 no. But it's an emergency. So they run in there. And that lady is still in the toilet stall. And so they think it's her. So I can hear them in there shouting. And I'm just like, what's happening? I don't know. There's video, you know. (laughs) And so eventually the sirens stop, the lights go off, the men come out. And I still wait for like two minutes before that lady comes out. She was in there for a good seven minutes. And I was like, well, they've been in there marinating in her poop. Um, But then, yes, I went back and got my donuts. (laughs) That's so not like you, actually. There must be some good donuts. <laughs> and then I got on the train in shame. Uh, and ate your donuts. And yes, I ate my donuts. <laughs> they were delicious. Oh, these must be some fantastic so donuts. Good. And how much did they cost? About 90 cents. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I would have gone back and got more. Or I had anticipated that you would have gone and got back, gone back and got more. I don't see you eating. Well, we did it another time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I had plenty of donuts. That's so funny. <laughs> funny. Well, did you have a good time? Oh, it was a blast. It was good. so good. Yeah. I was like, Jason, I never want to leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and neither did he. Yeah. You'd move there. Would you live in I Japan? I would totally live in Japan. Yeah. I wouldn't live anywhere near the big cities. Mm-hmm. They're bonkers. Tokyo, even though Tokyo is bigger and more densely populated than Osaka, it's still fairly orderly and more predictable. And I think it's easier to navigate the train system. Osaka is the second biggest city in Japan. And it's it's chaotic. So in Tokyo, you walk on the left side of the street, of the sidewalk. You climb the stairs on the left side. On an escalator, you stand on the left so that people on the right can walk. Mm-hmm. It's very orderly that way. Mm-hmm. In Osaka, the only time that comes in is in the train station on an escalator where people will stand on the right side. Oh, they change it up. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that for the rest of your walking. I was like, <laughs> I heard they do it backwards in Osaka, which sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. So I started walking on the right side, but then I've got people and bikes coming at me. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll go on the left side. Nope, people and bikes coming at me. It's just fucking chaos. Yeah. We got lost in Osaka station no less than six times Ooh. to the point where one night I was almost crying because I was like, I have no idea where we are. I had pocket Wi-Fi, but I'm underground. So the Ooh. GPS can't really figure me out. It thinks I'm above ground and it's trying to give me directions on the street. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the train station, which is a city, literally a city underground. It has Osaka station has at least three department stores underground. Oh, wow. Huge department stores and hall after hall of restaurants and shops underground. It's a city and it's very hard to figure out in Osaka station. I feel like Tokyo was easier. Even in people talk about Shinjuku station being really difficult to figure out, but they had like different colored lines and stuff. You're like, you just have to figure out what color. Right. And if you know what platform you're going to, it was fairly like goes one through 12 or whatever. And you just, oh, okay okay, well, it's going up here. I'm going to go find my platform. And they have different exits. And you're like, well, Google Maps says I need to leave by the southeast exit. You eventually find a sign, find it. But Osaka Station, was there'd be one sign. And then 10 minutes later, there'd be another sign. But you've already passed your, yes, your exactly. turn. And so now you... <laughs> you're like, how did I get to, you know, like Kyoto or something? <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> this is why I stay home. Just kidding. 
all of that just terrified me all that trying to figure it out it was it was a lot but out in the more rural countryside areas of japan it's so beautiful and especially late october we were starting to get some colors fall colors and it's peaceful and quiet and beautiful and you have beautiful traditional houses you've got temples and shrines and yeah it was nice yeah i'm glad you had a good time yeah good quality time with your brother i did experience lots of new things yeah and we only got in a tiff once and we made up fairly quickly. We were mad at each other for one night and one morning. And when, was that when he set his alarm too early and you hadn't? No, <laughs> no. That was just me being very, very tired. <laughs> no apologies. <laughs> no. There's no making it. No. <laughs> no, I think it, it was about halfway into the trip. And I so I think we had just started to get on each other's nerves. Things were, things that he was doing was bugging me. Things I was doing was bugging him. And we hadn't talked about it. And so we were mad at each other for a night. And then we were mad at each other for a morning. And then we talked about it and made up and we were fine. Did you have raw... Have, have it out over ramen <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been appropriate but we actually had it out we were yelling at each other as we walked down a street in, oh, in osaka so it. i'm so sure you that really you really worked it out yeah. so i'm sure that the poor japanese people on their way to work <laughs> were like mortified yeah oh my gosh <laughs> But then, yeah, we hugged it out. We were fine. And then the rest of the trip was great. In fact, the last half of the trip, I think, was was the best. Awesome. So Awesome. Yeah. It created a foundation to continue to experience a good time. Well, the whole time we talked about, well, next time we come back. Next time we come back. Good. And this is the second or third time you've been there. This is my second time, his third. Okay. Well, we say three and a half because one time he had like a layover in Tokyo. And so he just went out <laughs> in the city for three times. But that is for three hours. That does not count. 3.25 yeah. times. Yeah. So he's going back with his best friend in two years because his friend wants to go back in 2025. I don't know why 2025 particularly, but... That's his goal date. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they both want to rent motorcycles. The dude things. They're d- going to do dude things. I was like, cool. But I want to go back for three weeks to a month and I want to rent a car. And go to all the areas you didn't get to mm-hmm. go to because there's no... Okay. Yeah, so I will skip all the stuff I've already done, the touristy stuff. I want to go... I actually want to go to Fukushima. Oh, yeah. And then I'd like to go to Hokkaido, which is the island north of the main island of Honshu. And that's where Sapporo is. And they have a lot of volcanic activity up there and a lot of hot springs. Oh, nice. Um, It's supposed to be really beautiful. And then I want to travel down the... Hold on. Never eat sour worms. The West Coast. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I thought I was bad. Oh, my goodness. The West Coast of Japan and go all the way down to Fukuoka, which I keep telling my brother, that is the area that is supposed to have the highest concentration of single women in Japan. Mm. Like apparently they outnumber the men five to one. So this is his dating pool. And I was like, and you can buy a house in Fukuoka for like $10,000. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Jason, you could go buy a house there that you fix up and turn into an Airbnb, and but maybe you'll find a wonderful woman and then you settle down and, and your sister comes and visits you. I like how you built his dreams for him. I did. Mm-hmm. And did he, how did he feel about that? He's like, okay, <laughs> cool <laughs> can i add that she must be hot i feel like guys need that sometimes oh yeah i need a goal <laughs> yeah. i need a plan <laughs> yeah and i want to go down and around the co- i want to go to kumamoto mostly because i have this vague idea that i could eat a lot of oysters there oh kumamoto oysters are they i picture them smaller than the ones we ate this they are summer. they're yeah, little oysters game. but they're delicious yeah yeah and then i would like to go to here to hiroshima and then near hiroshima is miyajima island which is that big red shrine that sits out in the ocean. And so during low tide, you can walk to it. Oh. And it's beautiful. It's very iconic. Wow. I think it'll be very cool. 
That yeah. would be cool. There's still lots of interesting things to so see. So many cool things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of islands of Japan, like these little islands that you can go to. That There's an island that is overrun by deer. There's an island that's overrun by cats. There's an <laughs> island that's overrun by rabbits. Oh, I'm just smelling that. <laughs> <laughs> stinky island i named it i want to go to the cat island <laughs> also stinks <laughs> sure <laughs> like fish and cat very piss. similar yes <laughs> the bunny island and the, the kitty island <laughs> they smell the same right yep but i will tell everybody all about it later on because i could talk about it for days if anybody would let me we are doing our very first Bigfoot rabbit hole today. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Um, I knew I wanted to definitely rabbit hole Bigfoot, and I knew there would be more than one rabbit hole to go down, but I think that we will easily be able to do quarterly Bigfoot <laughs> <Right>. rabbit holes. <laughs> it's our Bigfoot update. Yeah, yeah. There's just different aspects. I'm going to go into a little bit of the history today, where you might find them, and then tell a story that came out of the Pacific Northwest, and then also mention a couple other rabbit holes I'll go down in the future, because there's there's just so many things. You could, you could rabbit hole people who are just avid, avid um, believers that are out there searching constantly. There's some that it's almost, it takes over their lives. It can be like a, a gambling or drug drug addiction for some, and um, they leave their entire lives behind because they're so focused on, they have, they've seen it once and they will see it again and they're wow. out there looking for it. There's various groups. There's different researchers who may or may not believe, things like that. So lots of good rabbit holes, but today I'm going to talk about the story of Ape Canyon. Okay, hold on. Before you start. Yes. Before I left for Japan, I bought you a present and sent it to your, you through Kindle and it was a Bigfoot erotica <laughs> Again, novel. another rabbit Did hole. Did you read it though? I have not read it yet. Oh, I've, been on, it. I've been on this one for heavily. <laughs> Just fascinated by this story and the people in it. And it's all in the Pacific Northwest. But that is one of my rabbit okay, holes. I have a have, list. You're going to have to do an episode where part of it is about Bigfoot and cryptid erotica. <laughs> Absolutely. That is one <laughs> on the list for sure. I think there's one that was like Bigfoot, aliens, and dinosaurs all in one. <laughs> that could be my... I was just reading a book to my grandson yesterday that included all of those things. And there is thought that Bigfoot could be part alien. Oh, brought here. Well, by, um, somebody wants to fuck all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and well, wrapped up into one is a Bigfoot. It's an alien. It's, I'm just kidding. Well, so I was telling my office manager what our next episode was going to be about. And she was like, I told her about the Bigfoot erotica novel. <laughs> and she's like, have you seen that there's erotica for inanimate objects? Like somebody who will fall in love w- with guess, and fuck a door? Yes. No, there's a whole documentary about uh, people who have sex with cars. Uh, it's not at all. Maybe by the end, I'll remember the... And I don't want to kink shame anybody. And actually... But it is a They're little... right in the Northwest, too. So we could totally <laughs> rabbit hole these. Again. Well, then I can they tell... Have- they have seminars and things. Well, then I can tell my story about the home that I went into that was, I believe, a plushophiliac. Oh. Somebody likes to have sex with stuffed mm-hmm. animals. Yeah. And then I there is in my Google search history that, and I found modified stuffed animals for oh my his God. or her sexual pleasure. Wow. Mm-hmm. They didn't even put those away before you got there? <laughs> well, I didn't specific, I don't. I didn't specifically see modified stuffed animals okay, yeah. there, but yeah, I just believe that this guy might have had a, a thing. intimate relationship mm-hmm. with the, Fluffies, I think, p- plushies, 40 stuffed animals that were on his bed. Wow. Single, his bed. I mean, right there, that's single, a, a full grown man with man. 40 plushies mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. probably... Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Back Bigfoot. to uh, back to Bigfoot. Yes. <laughs> so I'll I'll start with some uh, history on Bigfoot. According to Wikipedia, Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, is a large and hairy human-like mythical creature purported to inhabit the forests of the of North America, particularly the Pacific Northwest. Okay, now I'm sure a lot of people out there are going mythical. Right. Exactly. How dare you, Wikipedia? Yep. Exactly. So, do you believe? No. And this is why. Because if there was a creature such as that living in North America, which is fairly heavily inhabited and explored, we would have found the remains of something. Absolutely. That's how I feel about it, too. I um, have always needed evidence to believe in something. So we haven't seen remains, right? We haven't seen, they haven't even been able to actually identify any feces or hair hair or any of that stuff. Yeah, they get hair and it turns out to be another animal or for some reason unidentifiable, Mm -hmm. but that could just be because of DNA that's, you know. But the believers have answers to that. So that's uh, that's another uh, rabbit hole we'll talk about on one of my next ones. But there are theories that A, they eat their own dead, um, they bury it, they destroy it to make sure there's no but there would be that outlier that exactly. died alone when nobody knew where it was exactly. like what is How they just, just not fall off a cliff or get right sick and hurt or hurt and die when or no one's fall into a river and get swept downstream and they never can find it there would have been something unless like what do they have are they alien they have technology that we don't know and so they have gps trackers on everybody oh, that's another theory oh <gasps> not gps trackers oh. i mean but <laughs> Something like that, maybe, or that the aliens okay. Okay. take well, care of business. Yeah. I will let you go on. So this is in the cryptid family, right? Yep, yep. So while Bigfoot is part of our Pacific Northwest culture, it's actually, there are versions of this quote-unquote mythical creature throughout the country and the whole world. Um, mm. But in the Pacific Northwest, it's very, we have a well-documented history of sightings here or events that have taken place with Bigfoot. And it's very much part of a Pacific Northwest identity. As we saw on our road trip, there's Bigfoot something everywhere. All, all the way along. down through the Redwood mm-hmm. Forest, yeah. Bigfoot or Sasquatch. So can, can I ask, and maybe you'll be getting into this later. Does it stem from any Native American? Okay. All right. I'm going to stop there and let you. In fact, Bigfoot or Sasquatch. uh, Sasquatch is a Native American term. And we're Mm -hmm. talking centuries of sightings. Centuries of sightings. Um, They've been um, there within their culture too, their history as well. Um, The term Bigfoot comes out, excuse me, 1958. And it's basically based off footprints. Um, They started being able to cast these prints. So hundreds of years of seeing footprints and evidence, quote unquote, evidence of these mythical creatures when they were able to start with Plaster Paris and taking these footprints, they were coined the term Bigfoot for this creature. Well, were those footprints taken from an unknown source or did it turn out to be one of the hoax? So both. There's a lot of Bigfoot prints out there that have not been debunked. Okay. Oh, so far. But there are also, there was a gentleman and I can't remember his name. He admitted to it on his deathbed that he would go Mm. around making these big prints just to get everybody excited about Bigfoot. (laughs) It was fun for him. It sounds like something you do with your Greg. Right, exactly. That's what I was saying. Not the whole world. Um, and then there's Yeti. That's another term. And these are, this is where you would find in the Himalayas, also known as the abominable snowman. I can never so say that. That's where the Yeti snowman. Um, there's other terms out there. Skunk ape. That's what they're called in Florida. Uh, Yowie in Australia. Oh. Almas in Magnolia, uh, Mongolia, not Magnolia. <laughs> Magnolia like the like the community over there yeah, in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yeah. No, Mongolia, <laughs> they're Almas. Um, Ohio Grassman. 
from oh. I- Ohio. Um, mm. Wendigo, that's in Canada. Oh. Orange Pendek, that's in Sumatra. So really they're found all over the world or some version of them. And when you see pictures, they're, um, they do look different, uh, but they're always bipedal. They're always very tall and they are always very furry. Long, dark hair. Okay, can I take you back to Wendigo? Mm-hmm. So I've seen Wendigo described as something that had more of like a skull-like face and horns. Did yes. that come up? Okay, mm-hmm. but they yep. kind of lump it into the they lump it same in. sort of bipedal yep. human-like Found in the forest, the woods. Okay. It's bipedal, furry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so out of this story, though, they named them mountain devils during the event well, that happened. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the experience they were having with ma- with these creatures. Was uh, They called them mountain devils. The tales of B- Bigfoot go back centuries. Over 3,000 people have reported seeing Bigfoot. Mm. And of those that are avid researchers seeking to find them again, there's only they, uh, they figure there's only about 2,000 Bigfoot on Earth. So there's more people trying to find them than there are estimated Mm -hmm. Bigfoot. Every sighting has been described as seven to eight feet tall, which I was surprised. I I don't know. I pictured larger. I mean, big giant creature, right? Seven to eight. That's taller than a human, but not as tall as I thought. And then their feet... The imprints on those uh, footprints are 16 to 19 inches long, which is they're much larger than a human. So, okay. so they are they have in pro- in proportion their feet are much larger. Okay. Hey, but you know what they say about big feet? Yeah, that's what they, no one talks about. <laughs> Is that that? that I found nothing on that, but I haven't gotten to my erotica yet. But in any of the sightings, have they described a big swinging dick? No. Well, that is doing a disservice to that big foot. There is one that has possibly boobs, Okay, but none of those. Um, But I haven't gotten to the erotica yet. I suspect I'm going to get a lot more genitalia talk in there. Great. That's what this podcast needs more of is genitalia talk. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like I said, there are 3,000 enthusiasts out there looking for possibly 2,000 creatures. Scientists overwhelmingly say this is, they do not exist. Um, No evidence, just like you and I have said, I'm not going to be a believer till I have something in hand. And for them, they've they've not found it. Interestingly enough, though, uh, Jane Goodall, Mm-hmm. who's a uh, very famous primatologist mm-hmm. and they've seen movies about him about her um she does believe she thinks it's really? very possible and she thinks it's just like a, a primate a primate there's not very many of them and they tend to try and stay in really remote areas and that's where they're really at is places we can't get to and every once in a while they're on the edges of that and that's okay. when we're getting a sighting so it's a sasquatch in the mist sort yeah. of situation yeah sasquatch in the mist i forgot gorillas of the mist yes that's <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, so she hasn't said that. I, I do believe, but she said it's highly likely that it could happen. So oh, okay, that, you know, gave me a little, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not on the believer side, but I'm a little more open now. Okay. As of sightings, the one that I was talking about that had like the female features, mm-hmm. um, there was a, there's a famous video from 1967 uh, known as the Patterson Gimlin film. Mm-hmm. I am familiar with that one. This one has not been debunked or proven true there's a lot of people that are debunking it but there's a lot of people who within the film industry and things that said you know i really can't fully debunk that well i don't believe it it's possible okay but i have heard that somebody has come forward that says that they were they partook in making that film yes and that it is 100 a hoax yes so that is yeah so that is true and then there's people saying that is i don't believe them and the reason is the gate it's not it's human-like, but it's not a human gait. Um, but people can change their gates. It's a really, can, it's a I, really long. Have you stride. not seen the Ministry of Funny Walks from? <laughs> 
I have not. He had a very long stride. Very long stride. From Monty Python? And you haven't way, seen that? I, no, I don't watch God. Monty Python. I am not cultured. Oh, God, cultured. <laughs> I wouldn't call it cultured. <laughs> yeah. So this film, that's the one, if you look at the picture, it mm-hmm. looks like it has breasts. Okay. Um, it's a very famous, the still shot from that sure. video. It's, it's very the same. striding. Yep. And looking over silhouette its shoulder. Silhouette that is. Yep. Looking over its shoulder. Yeah. I think we even picked maybe a, a silhouette as part of our logo. Cause yeah. It's that, that, yeah. It's very famous, just that still. Yeah. In fact, by the time this comes out, we might have the new logo. Mm-hmm. So it might just, you might get that full yeah. Bigfoot silhouette. That, that yeah. actually is another rabbit hole of mine, that video specifically because okay. there's so much around it people saying ah, i don't know that looks legitimate and others saying absolutely not yeah i i'm you know me i'm a skeptic yeah so i'm of the camp that it's hogwash yes but hey make a believer out of right me. right well i'm always open to the proof mm-hmm. i i'm not afraid to say i was wrong so the most common evidence of a bigfoot is the footprint and that's obviously where they came up with the name bigfoot but these prints will include ridges uh, like you know our fingerprints and our our palms mm-hmm. or and the, what we have on the bottom of our feet and these ridges don't run the same way as humans they look different there's more of them uh, so they do look a little different than human if you were to say that that was just a large human's okay. foot it would not track like a, a human's foot so sometimes they've found hair in these footprints but they've always been proven out to be a different animal like a deer or something um so nothing that's really said this is absolutely a, a specific creature a bigfoot ape-like or whatever we might think it is we've not come to any of those conclusions hmm. and the way that they where the pressure points are too is different than where humans pressure points are like where you'd see the most weight being carried is different in apes i mean i'm sorry in bigfoot <laughs> well do they think that this might be a primate that sometimes uses its hands to walk as well like the great apes will you know um, oftentimes use their knuckles and their hind legs to walk not that i could tell from what they're finding in the prints themselves it's okay. strictly big big feet and they find these prints down by what by water usually because the water or the ground is softer there and they're going there to get and water, they're saying so. they're not like a grizzly that was standing on its hind legs or something like no that. because it's, it's got these big old toes hmm. and very much matches it's got the five toes the big hmm. you know the the ball of the feet type thing and the heel that shape is there because that was another theory that i heard that when people see that big hairy creature it yep. could just be a bear yep in fact as i've been doing some of this research and seeing these videos there's so many videos out there and they're so hard to watch because none of them are clear it's so difficult that's the thing Somebody um, would have clear photographic evidence or a body. Yep, or a body. Give me That's a body. That's just my mm-hmm. my thing. But a lot of times it is a bear. I mean, again, these things are estimated to be seven to eight feet tall. A very large grizzly, grizzly bear would fit right Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Easily. And mm-hmm. they do go bipedal every once in a while. And so in some of these videos, I did see that they debunked by showing that that, that bear was just on standing up. And then they show by the shoulders and the shape of the head and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So they were able to debunk it that way. But okay. fascinating mm-hmm. videos. Actually, they're really you're like straining your eyes trying to see it a lot and you're like sure i guess if you were to tell me what that was right and then i watched it then my brain can piece it out there are many times <laughs> when i'm like i see nothing right <laughs> there are trees and i cannot see anything else i give up so um yeah but people well, are very very into their videos and they're very certain so if you go on reddit i, I went on reddit and they have tons of bigfoot talking points on there and they, okay. they show these videos too and they all chit chat back and forth about what they think it is and, and then it gets funny because it's like no you're stupid that's not a bigfoot a bigfoot looks like this and somebody else is like no you're stupid there's no bigfoot <laughs> and so it gets all 
It gets crazy. Why are you wasting your time on a Bigfoot forum making comments if you don't believe in Bigfoot? You're just you just want to troll. Yeah. Also, I do think human brains are made to find patterns. So that's Mm -hmm. how we can Mm -hmm. see the face of Jesus in a piece of toast. Because our brains want to make a pattern and then it will make something recognizable out of something that isn't. And I, I feel like maybe there's some of that there too. Oh, definitely. Easy. Okay, so the rabbit hole I want to talk about today is called the Ape Canyon Incident of 1924. Um, So this happened in July of 1924, and it is a legend around the Pacific Northwest. Um, Ape Canyon is near Mount St. Helens, um, and it got its name from this incident. It was not Ape Canyon until this point. Is it still Ape Canyon today? Yep, to this day it's Ape Canyon. You can still go hike this area. Where in? um, Down uh, by Mount St. Helens. Oh, um, okay. You're right. Lewis River. Um, And I was planning on going down there and hiking it, but a pretty long hike. And um, what I was going to see is no longer there anyway. But I I have seen the reviews. It's a great hike. It's beautiful, according to the reviews. So I might still do it. Um, But so in 1924, there were five men out there gold prospecting. Uh, They'd been out there for about six years doing this. They'd built themselves a really nice, sturdy cabin. By nice, I mean, it was small, but it was very sturdy. Had a nice roof on it, made of logs. They could have a fireplace, keep themselves cozy, warm one room. Um, So they all slept in like cots or even just on the floor. And during their time out there, they had noticed around the riverbeds and the springs, they had noticed these large footprints that resembled human footprints, only just very large. And they would hear maybe some whistling across the canyon back and forth. So they'd hear a a whistle on one side and then a little later they'd hear it on the other side, like they were answering each other back and forth. Mm. Uh, Some banging, loud banging noises. Um, Sometimes it would be a really loud thud like they were hitting themselves in the chest but very loud like a ow yes just like that (laughs) I gotta hurt Uh, yes just exactly like that okay so I wonder if it was like a whistle so that would mean that sounds like it was more of a screeching okay howling so i was whistle i'm gonna imagine that these sasquatch have very pliable lips yeah yeah so then the erotica could work yes yeah yeah If you can whistle, you can, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See how your your smacker works. Okay, so loud pounding, whistling, maybe yep. screeching. Okay. Yep. And, and definitely some sort of communicating back and forth. So on the day of this event or the day it starts anyway, they went to the spring to get some water. It was close to evening. They'd been out all day and they were at the spring and they they sighted a very large creature about seven feet tall, very, very dark hair. And the creature noticed them as well and kind of hid behind a tree and was watching them. Uh, One of them took out their gun, took a few shots at it, felt that he grazed the creature's head, but wasn't sure. And the creature ran off and they were, of course, very shaken. They'd never seen anything like this before. They weren't sure what it was. Would it be dangerous? Not sure. So they head back to the cabin where the rest of the gold prospectors are. And they thought maybe that was the end of it, but decided we're going to head out of here. Um, they had actually come up via a Ford pickup truck. So they had transportation to get home, but this is very, very remote. It's middle of the night. There's five of them all together. So, you know, some of them are going to be riding in the back of the mm-hmm. pickup truck. So they decide it would be best to hunker down in the cabin till morning and then head out in daylight. But in the middle of the night, they were awakened by loud thuds. And one thud hit the cabin wall so hard that the chinking between the two logs, the mm-hmm. cement or whatever between the two logs had had actually come out of, been between the logs and landed on one of the gold prospectors. It landed on his stomach. They had to go take this chinking off of him to get him up. 
Oh, wow. He was screaming. Um, this knocking and pounding continues, thudding onto the roof. They're hearing rocks hit the roof. And they are able to, where that hole was now, where the chinking fell out, they could peek out and they saw three of them out there. Oh, wow. Uh, but they could tell that that's just where they could see. They could hear other movement around the cabin as well, but they could see three creatures for sure. Well, I mean, they took a pot shot at one of their buddies who was yep, just absolutely. cruising along through the woods. So, yeah. I have a feeling the creatures came back with their friends. Because now these men are a threat. Yep. So this goes on all night. They wow. are they're shooting through the holes at the creatures. Um, once if there's a break in throwing rocks, they stop shooting. Um, one of the miners, Fred Beck, eventually writes a book about this, and he keeps anonymous everyone's name as far as who's he's who he's with for their protection of them and their families. He calls one of the miners Hank as a pseudonym. Okay. That way he can talk about this person. Hank is the one who had the chinking on his stomach. He was yelling because. He wanted to get his gun and help shoot and protect them. But they spend the entire night trying to convince the creatures to that if they stop throwing rocks at them and banging on the door on the walls, that they will stop shooting. And eventually they start pushing on the walls like they want to turn the cabin over, lift up oh, wow. the cabin and push it over. Uh, the one of them gets their arm through the hole where the chinking was and starts reaching around, grabs an axe can't get it back through the hole. Fred, the author of the story, the book later, manages to get that axe out of his hand. <laughs> Apparently, simultaneously, Hank fires a shot, just missing Fred. Oh, jeez. But doesn't hit the, the creature either, the Bigfoot or the, what they're calling now mountain devils is what they've called them as the night goes on. And they get zero amount of sleep overnight. At one point, the creatures are trying to, or the mountain devils are trying to break in the door. They've reinforced the door with uh, pieces of wood and they're shooting at it and going through the door and it doesn't stop the attack. So this goes on all night long. It sounds terrifying, but is it bad that I'm kind of on the side of the Sasquatch? Right. You're in my home. And then you shot you at me shot when I was all me. I was doing was looking at you. I was just walking through the woods and then you were there and I was there and you shot me. Yeah, I was hid behind a tree for crying out loud. I wasn't attacking you. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, so the night goes on. Finally, it's daybreak. It quiets down. So they start peeking through the logs and seeing that it's now feels safe to go outside. And so they go out and they can just see debris everywhere. They can see that they've peeled pieces of the, the log as the logs are coming apart. They've been tearing away at the logs on the outside. So splinting the wood, broken items everywhere. There's no no broken glass. They did not put windows in this. It, okay. it was meant to survive the winter. So there's no windows, just one door is very sound and very tightly done so that they can stay warm in that okay. mountain winter. So they go out and they see this debris everywhere, the disaster that's outside that they've survived all night. And they start packing up their things and they are packing up fast. They don't care that they're leaving things behind. They did take their gold. Apparently, it was a very successful prospecting that had happened for them. So they were they were getting a lot of gold. So they did not want to leave. They had discussed it the day before. They discussed it multiple times leading up to this because they kept seeing evidence of these creatures and they were mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know if I want to be here. But they were like, no, no, we're going to get the gold. Yeah. So they did get away with their gold, but they left a lot of their equipment and supplies behind because they were just headed out to civilization to get out of there. And it sounds like they left, Fred says they left $200 worth of equipment behind. At that time, that was a lot. $3,600 comparatively. Okay. So yeah, it was it was quite a bit. And then they got in the truck and headed down and they had discussed as a group that they would not discuss this with anyone at all because no one's going to believe them and they don't want to look like idiots or crazy people. So they 
decided we will not talk about it. They make it all the way down to the ranger station and uh, Hank tells the whole story to the ranger. <laughs> and the other guys are like, wait, wait, what did we just talk okay. about in the truck? <laughs> and then I guess the ranger was just kind of perplexed, like, huh? <laughs> Staring at them. And so again, they go into town. He's like, how much did you guys have to drink last night? <laughs> right, right. Did, did you find those magic mushrooms? Were you more for mushroom fortune? <laughs> Uh, so they're back in, in their hometown of Kelso, Washington. I know Kelso. Yeah. So that's where they, they all, uh, a few of them lived, at least two of them lived there. And Hank, again, was leaking the story. He, every time he'd get drunk, he'd tell a little bit of the story. And so eventually the story got out. And, it, you know, by the end, there's huge boulders that are being thrown. And um, oh, it turned into a big fish story, right, big fish yeah. story. So that's, this is why Fred eventually writes his book, because he wanted to tell the real story, which was these were just regular sized rocks. He said, you're not going to find boulders over where they were at there. That's not that kind of landscape. So it was just regular rocks. Some of them did make it down the chimney, but they weren't tearing apart the chimney and trying to come down. So um, some of the some of the tales got bigger. Um, Any chance this could have been other miners that were just trying to scare them and drive them off so that they could they could mine that claim there? I mean, that's not ever uh, something that came up as a possibility when I was doing the research, but it makes sense just yeah. because they had been so successful. And right. they had this cabin, this place for six years. They were well-established. People um, would have probably found out about it. Yeah. Maybe people were like, well, we could get in here and get some gold. It's very too. likely. I've never even thought about that. Scare them off. Absolutely. That's a great point, Shay. I don't know. That's just the skeptic in me trying to find a right, right, the answer. A logical solution. Well, for- good, because I got really into the story. I'm like, oh my God, am I a believer now? <laughs> Fred has me. I'm caught. <laughs> and then I remember things like, oh, no bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they, when they got back and Hank kept like spilling the beans here and there slowly, um, it started a, what they referred to as the great hairy ape hunt. And it became, it was the beginning of people searching for Bigfoot officially and forming groups and having expeditions together and setting up camps together and what supplies do we need and discussing what they each knew about Bigfoot and, and, uh, uh-huh. where to find them and how to find them and so how they this- behave. This was the beginning of the movement. This was the beginning. Also, of the it movement. just sounds like what you and I do when our husbands ask us to shave their backs. <laughs> but yes, he would be a Bigfoot. <laughs> Actually, I kind of can. Oh, because I'm so honry. I kind of was convincing the grandkids just right here he might be part Bigfoot. And that you just shave him. <laughs> yes. Yes. I had told one of them because he, you know, when we talked about in our previous podcast that I had gotten them Bigfoot hair mm-hmm. in a little glass jar. And I was like, I'm going to get some of Grandpa's hair for you off his back and I'm going to. So I'm going to have you compare it. Tell me if it's the same. I want you to look under your microscope. I bought him a microscope because he's oh, obsessed with science. Perfect. <laughs> I want you to look under your microscope. Well, actually, you say that. You could have just, we could just get little glass vials and put your husband's <laughs> back hair in there and call it Bigfoot. No, I've Save already $15. thought like, right? Those things, I think they were like $8. I'm like, that's like, I could easily do that. Free stuff just here. sell your husband's <laughs> back hair online. <laughs> Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, so that is the story of Fred Beck and his four gold mining prospecting buddies. Including that, Hank. Including Hank. <laughs> their cabin and the Ape Canyon incident of 1924 that initiated this great ape hunt. So I like it. That was uh, very compelling. Yep. So yeah, we- it was good. I could imagine. That make a good movie. There are several. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, several movies. So yes, we'll get back. We'll get to uh, just a few more tidbits about it when you get back. When we get back from our break. All right. Well, let's take a break. Welcome back to our very first Bigfoot rabbit hole on Rainy Day Rabbit Holes podcast. Um, So you've heard the story of the Ape Canyon incident of 1924, Fred Beck and his prospecting buddies, to include Hank. So they they made it home, spilled the beans here and there, and set off, what would you call it? A movement. A movement of Mm -hmm. people out looking for these mountain devils, later to be called Bigfoots. Because remember, this is 1924, and we didn't call them Bigfoot till 1958. Um, They weren't even able to get footprints casted at this time because they didn't have the equipment supplies. So that didn't happen until the 50s. Still think mountain devils is rude. (laughs) I mean, they're just out there living their lives, and here we are showing up, taking their space. Um, so that cabin was never inhabited again, but it was, it did become a focal point for people that were out seeking to find these Bigfoot and get a sighting, or these mountain devils. So a lot of people would go to the cabin and like look for any kind of evidence, evidence. they could find. Okay, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh shoot, Shay, there was one more thing I forgot to Ooh. tell you. I I missed this entire comp- part of this story uh, before they jumped in the truck. Okay. After they go outside and they see this cabin just torn apart and all the debris everywhere and they can see the amount of damage these creatures can do, which humans couldn't really have done, Mm -hmm. not without tools, according to them. And they're in a hurry to get out of there. Well, guess what? There's still one there. (gasps) Making eye contact with Fred. Oh. So Fred got his gun out and he shot him. Oh. And then the mountain devil went over a cliff down the canyon. Never okay. to be seen again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there's no parts to find. Okay. But anyway, so this this is more of what people are looking for, right? The the body. Can we make it down to the canyon? Right. Looking around for footprints, going to the springs, going to the, the little um, creeks, beds to find any evidence of these creatures. There's been no further sightings, uh, not to the extent that we're hearing here of, I mean, that was five people corroborating that story mm-hmm. in reality. So telling the same tale, um, it did grow over time. But um, the fact that it happened one night after seeing them and shooting at them and that it was an all night event of something hitting the cabin, an attack on the cabin, leaving the next morning, all of that um, is consistent between all those men. Okay. So whatever the creatures were. Oh, and, and when people went out and found did find the cabin, that was their focal point for where do we start to look for the creatures. It was definitely uh, damaged in Hmm. the ways that they had said. So eventually this cabin, I don't know how, uh, but it burnt down. I don't know if it was a lightning strike, a forest fire. It was long before Mount St. Helens blew up. Okay. And that was not impacted by that. But people still go looking for the remnants and they Hmm. have found like the nails, those big large nails that are kind of like a railroad tie in size uh, that they used to build the cabin. But that's about all the debris that they've found okay. and not very much. And there are pictures of it though, of those nails and they're kind of, they're really almost gone. Okay. I mean, they've rested, they've, away, they've rested away for sure. But to this day, people go there looking, we're almost a hundred years. We're 1923. Think about that. Oh. April, 2024, it'll be 100 years later. People are still talking about the Ape Canyon incident. People are still uh, going out there specifically to see if they can find Bigfoot. I know I will be going next summer with some grandkids. I'll tell them the tale in a very safe grandma way. Bring, bring some of Keith back <laughs> yes. here and sprinkle it. Oh my gosh, yes. 
Oh my god, I found some hair. I might, I might, I might go out ahead of time at least lay down some good prints too. So we have success. I love it. Do it. Do it. Oh, this is so bad. I don't want to um, <laughs> secretly bring Keith with. Just have him drive in a different car. <laughs> Oh my God. Don't let, make a Mrs. Waxing appointment. You know, it's such a big deal that I feel like his life would be at risk if some other oh, football, <laughs> Bigfoot seeker was out there. I feel like he could get Why shot. is that Bigfoot wearing an orange vest? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Did I ever tell you, this is a quick story. Did I, did I ever tell you the story of when we've gone Bigfoot hunting with grandkids? Uh-uh. So we were just going on a regular old hike one day, and I had three of the kids with us, uh, two boys and a girl, uh, the bo- one uh, seven, one, and then the other two six. Actually, I think it was the year before this. Anyway, we're going out in the woods, and they're like, hey, Grandma, where are we going? Do they have Bigfoot? And I'm like, I don't know, guys. We could we could look for them for sure. Um, they do. They're said to live in the woods, and we're going out into the forest, so maybe. And so all the way there, we're talking about different things about Bigfoot. We get out of the car. <laughs> And they're literally hanging from my legs, between my legs. They're terrified now that they might see Bigfoot. So I don't want to ruin the whole day with this. So I'm like, hey, guys, don't worry. You're not going to accidentally see Bigfoot. The Bigfoot likes is doesn't want to see you, first of all, right? So they hide. They're very hard to find for that reason. They don't want to be near us. And they can't sneak up on you because they stink so bad. <laughs> you, will, you will smell them long before you see them. They can't even sneak up on you. And they're like, oh, well, what does he smell like? <laughs> thinking on my feet bad bad cheese and old men <laughs> i don't even know what that is and they're like oh okay and the oldest one the first thing he does is like pick up this clump of uh, leaves and he like starts sniffing it and i'm like what like you're a tracker already <laughs> you're six <laughs> and so we go along and they've calmed down now because but they're looking they're mm-hmm. looking. And uh, eventually one of the kids, they're still picking things up to smell it. And one of the kids is like, oh, my hand smells like cheese. <laughs> it was over. Uh, we had to go back. Oh, my God. I accidentally almost found Bigfoot. <laughs> my hand smells like cheese. <laughs> Your grandkids kill me. God. Me too, my favorite humans. <laughs> anyway, so that, uh, the incident at Ape Canyon 1924 really, really instigated the whole Bigfoot searching. Okay. I didn't realize it went back that far. I thought it was a product of the 50s. No. It okay. went, It started in 1924 as far as the push to, to find this creature. But you're saying that there's mentions of creatures like this in the mythology of the native populations yes. too? Okay. Yes. Hundreds of years. Ooh. Hundreds of years. Um, and what we know in the Northwest as Sasquatch, that's a Native American term. Do you he, know here. what tribes? Yes. Let me go look. It says right here they often have a foul smell. See, I was on to something. You were. It's my Native American in me. I there don't have go. any. I did one of those DNA tests. Turned oh. on. I'm not. Sadly, I'm not Native American. I love their their cultures. <laughs> I should do it. I'm supposedly a quarter, but who knows? Everybody's like, oh, you should do 23 and me. And I'm like, I just don't trust. Well, what I didn't think my about. DNA out there. Yeah, that's a piece I didn't think but about. Then I can't murder somebody. Right. <laughs> well, and then I think, oh, I wonder if any of my relatives are in danger because <laughs> they murdered someone. Now my DNA is out there and they, that's how they tie these serial Exactly, colors. yeah. If any of your cousins or uncles or something have done 23andMe, you're like, well, no, I can't murder anybody either because of familial DNA. Jeez. <laughs> Just keeping me from murdering. It actually comes from the term squat, or I'm sorry, comes from the term quachi. Quachi? Quachi. And then eventually became Sasquatch. I like the etymonology. Etymology. 
Mm. I like the origin of words. It's the Chehalis uh, tribe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Chehalis tribe termed them Sasquatch. Very cool. Yeah. What do we have to look forward to on the next installment of the Bigfoot saga? Bigfoot tales? What are we going to call these? The, the Bigfoot saga next will be all the expeditioners, all the different groups of people that are out there just truly dedicating their lives to hunting for Bigfoot and proving their existence. And they've literally dedicated their lives to it, given up their families, oh, jobs. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to the next installment of the Bigfoot saga. Yes, me too. I, I figure we could do these quarterly. There's just so many different aspects. Um, well, and you're going to have go to down. get to... Bigfoot in uh, fiction, maybe, and that's where you can incorporate this, the erotica. The, the erotica, for yes, sure. because mm-hmm. you have to read that book. It's your homework now. So when you sit back and relax with a glass of wine at night, <laughs> read some sexy, sexy Bigfoot action. Yeah, I did get in my hot, uh, my bathtub yesterday for the first time since uh, before summer, so maybe oh. I'll start uh, reading Bigfoot I'll have a bubble and bath and candles <laughs> and read it. Maybe maybe sometimes it reads the book to you on Kindle. You have that. There is a feature oh, on there. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can close my eyes. <laughs> By the end of it, you're going to be like, I actually see the appeal now. <laughs> yeah, I do. Good thing I married one. I know. I'm like, kind of just reminded me of a husband and I think Giant he's furry guy, yes. Maybe I am a believer in Bigfoot. Well, thank you so much for going down the Bigfoot path for us. I was really excited about this. It's really fun. It is so fun. These are this is one of the the fun ones for sure. So, what do we have up uh, coming up? Well, either we'll be reviewing the movie Singles because we've decided that we're going to incorporate a movie night here and there when mm-hmm. one of us needs a break. Uh, where we're going to watch a movie that has something to do with the Pacific Northwest. Either it's set in the Pacific Northwest or it's filmed in the Pacific Northwest. And then we're going to review it and talk about it. And so the first movie we're doing is Singles. Yes. The iconic 1993. Thank you. Full of so many famous faces. Yes. Even before they were famous. If you are a Gen Xer... And you were into the Seattle grunge scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will, I'm sure, know this movie. And if you're younger and you haven't seen it, should they you see sh- it? You, if you, mm, if if here's, what, here's what I would say about it. If you like grunge music, yes. Okay. If you like Seattle or you're familiar or have a tie to Seattle, yes. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah, it's... I mean, I, my first thought was, oh, my God, I have nothing in common with this movie because I was never single as an adult. Right. <laughs> adult dating is scary. <laughs> I have connections to it just because my husband loves it. Like your yep, husband. Yep. They're both are like, this is my favorite movies from the 90s. It's, and it's Cameron Crowe's love story to Seattle. Like, OK, you <laughs> are in love with this movie. And I think your husband's probably the same way. Yes, I think I both just of us could have dated like, had they known each other. Then oh they could have gone I on know. a date movie, movie night dating. He, Keith was like, I can't believe you're going to try and watch that without me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to rewatch it again with the boys so we can take more thorough notes. But we are going to do it. I mean, I liked it because of the Seattle references. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kira Sedgwick is just gloriously beautiful yeah. in it. And it Absolutely. was fun seeing the, the cameos of people that are really well known today, like yeah. um, uh, Paul Giamatti, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Jeremy Piven. Um, and then it had, you know, Eddie Vedder and... 
and uh, Chris, Chris Cornell, Cornell and mm-hmm. the whole Alice yeah. in Chains, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Soundgarden, Alice in Chains yes. and Pearl Jam. We're all it was, in it. That's yeah. the fun part of the movie for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we will see you next week with a totally new episode. All right. Well, bye, Jody. Bye, Shay. So great seeing you. Good seeing you too. See you down the rabbit hole. Okay, why are we talking? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, back to Ape Canyon. Right. kind of like a vagina (laughs) how did we get there (laughs) that woman's been around so much her vagina is like a canyon (laughs)